it's great being away. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this morning. Um, <laughs> thank you, Dee. Dee says, don't be. I'm not worried for myself. <laughs> I'm worried for you, good people. <laughs> um, I'm going to share some thoughts with you today, which make sense to me. I don't have a script today. Um, I quite often... No, no, I've only ever done that once before. Most of I have a very um, carefully crafted, in my own mind, script. I haven't got that today. I'm going to share some thoughts to you with you that I think are theologically sound um, and you might choose to agree with me you might decide afterwards you want to talk to me about it that's fine I don't know how this is going to hang together I think it might be two talks but I think it might be one ok so I'm going to pray because that's always a good place to begin isn't it Father we do pray today we trust that you are here that we are in your presence And that your heart's desire is by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. So Father, we ask that you will speak to us and that you will give us ears to hear. That you will meet us where we are and draw us closer to where you want us to be. Amen. Um, I was thinking as we were singing, if if you remember nothing of what I say, which might not be a bad thing, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, I think, is what this might be all about. So remember those words. Um, When I last spoke a couple of weeks ago, it was on an enduring heart, if you were here. Um, We talked about, we've done this series about being like Jesus, and it was an enduring heart. And um, one of the things that I think I said was that in order to have an enduring heart, what we most need to do is to remember the character of God. Um, You you don't need me to tell you that life is often a mess, as this morning might prove true. Life is difficult, it is complex, it is sometimes unkind, it is often unfair, and very often there appears to be no sense to it. Um... One of the mistakes I think we make as Christians, and I know some people struggle with me saying this, but I believe this to be true, and I have told you before that I will only preach that of which I am convinced. doesn't mean I'm right, but it means I'm convinced of it. Is that we make mistakes about what we think God has promised us, and we think God has promised us things that in fact God has not promised us, and we get ourselves to the whole tangle. Usually those promises are about making my life better. Um, You know, it's the next house or the next job or something. We get all in the tears about it. And, and, and maybe it's not quite like that. What we must do if we are going to find our way and live well in the mess is we must remember and focus and hold on to the character of God. Some of you will love this kind of thing. Some of you are going to go, Duh, what's he talking about? The Bible says that God is unchanging. Yes, but I think the unchanging God is the God who's always changing. I don't think that's incongruous. I think that's fine because God is always doing a new thing. So if he's doing a new thing, it can't be the thing he's already done. So he's an unchanging God who is always doing new things. I love that thought. You can can take it away and wrestle with it. God is unchanging. 
I learned this lesson about enduring in life, focusing on the character of God, when we were in the mountains in Wales in the last couple of weeks. As you know, the sun always shines in Wales. So we had our BBC WhatsApp. Don't ever trust your BBC WhatsApp, we discovered. It's wrong more than it's right. So on Wednesday of our first week, the BBC WhatsApp said it was going to rain all day. Two drops, black cloud, two drops, which means it's going to be very wet, right? So, being wise people that we are, Lisa and I decided we'd have a Netflix day. We'd get some food in. We'd, uh, drink, well, I drink tea, Lisa doesn't drink tea. We'd sit there, we'd find a good series on Netflix. We'd let the Welsh rain rattle down the steps and the slates. The wind can howl. We'll be sitting there feeling very pleased with the fact we're not in a tent, we're in a house. And we'll just enjoy the rain from the inside. So we did. We started the morning, and we did that. We decided we'd go to a pub for lunch. So we did, and we're sitting in this pub. And then we became aware that the sun was, in fact, shining. So we thought, ah, oh, BBC Watch, that's wrong. Let's go for a walk. All right, so we got on our gear, and we had this little book of walks around Beth Gellert, which is where we were staying. And this was about a three-mile walk up a hill. The book says it'll take you two to three hours. We thought we could knock that off in an hour because we're hyper-fit. And off we trot, following our instructions on said path, which we first bit we'd done before. Off we go, overtaking everybody we could. That's sad. True, I'm even competitive when I'm on holiday. Right? <laughs> I think, oh, I can catch them up. Boom, boom, boom. And then I have to keep waiting, you know, and being polite. And anyway, we cross the road, and then we get into this mountain path where we have to be a bit more careful about the instructions, and we start going up, and it was quite steep, and we went up and up, and it was a bit moist, and it was really quite wet. Thick trees, we go up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Eventually, we get to the top, following the instructions, because we've got a book that says, go over the stile, turn right. There's a big tree. It's really helpful in a forest. There's a big tree. <laughs> go over the wall. We got to the top, where we expected to see a lovely view, but BBC WhatsApp was right, because by then, the clouds had come down, and you couldn't see a thing. So now we've got to walk through the path through the grass, which is wet, and not quite as well-defined, and off we go. And we get to the point at the top where there's this pile of stones, which means you've arrived at the top. Now, I have reckoned I've got a pretty good sense of direction. So I knew which way down we had to go. Right, can't see a thing. There's these pile of stones and a hill which they're standing on. And I reckon we've got to go that way. I'm absolutely convinced we've got to go that way. So I start looking for the path. By now, it's chucking it down. I'm cross. I'm, I'm grumpy. I'm thinking, BBC weather app, what's that about? Could have been sitting at home with a cup of tea, watching Netflix. I'm up a hill, can't find the path. There is a path, but the path goes that way. I'm thinking, no, I'm absolutely convinced we've got to go that way. Because we've walked down there, we've walked up here, we've walked up here, so we're going down that way. I go off, Lisa's going, don't fall off the hill. Lisa took a picture of us at the top of said hill. Some of you might have seen it on Facebook. <laughs> there we are, right? This is our holiday walk in the sunshine. And I am quite cross. I didn't show it by then. Because I am convinced the path is going this way. There's only one path. So actually what we did was we started walking down the path thinking, well, it's got to be this way. We see a village in the distance, because by now the cloud is starting to rise, and Lisa says, well, that must be Beth Gellert. I said, no, Beth Gellert's over there. 
this is really, I was all ready to go back into the shop we bought the book from when we got down. I had my words all ready. This book is rubbish. You haven't even got the right paths in it. How do you expect people to find their way around North Wales when you can't even get the paths right? Seriously, I was just quite cross. <laughs> my brother-in-law found this picture, and he's a movie buff. He made it into a movie poster. You might not be able to see it all. <laughs> so you might not be able to see what it says. The top line says... The BBC said sunshine, but deep in the hills of Snowdonia, a rain, R-A-I-N, of terror awaits. Two Phillips down. Based on true events. Too right it was based on true events. <laughs> then I had a moment of revelation. I walked once again in the direction that I thought we were supposed to go. And by then the clouds are starting to lift. And it suddenly dawned on me that something had not moved. They are called mountains. Right? And the mist had come down, the mist had gone up, but the mountains were still in the same place they were when we started our walk. And I'm standing there thinking, we've got to go, hang on a minute. That's the hill that we just walked past, and it's over there. And if that hill is over there, then that path is right because we need to go that way. So we walked down the path and we got all the way back to Bethgelet. Here's the point. You need to focus on what is immovable or you're going to get yourself very lost. I was convinced I was right. We'd walked five minutes down the path for me to say no this is completely the wrong direction Lisa said but isn't that Beth Geller I said no Beth Geller's over there turns out that was Beth Geller I got myself completely turned around thought I'd walked in a different direction and if I hadn't focused on the immovable the thing that doesn't change the thing that hasn't gone anywhere we'd have tried to when we got down and we looked at what we might have tried to walk down had we gone my way it was quite challenging If you're going to find your way, friends, through the mess that often is this life, you're going to have to focus on what is immovable. What is immovable is the character of God. That's talk number one. I think it links with talk number two. That was just a recap. Because I've done a bit of reading, I've done a bit of thinking, and I am becoming convinced that the most important part of the character of God that we must focus on if we are going to find our way through this complex life is the the only way that God is described in the Bible. God is described in 1 John God is love. He is a God of justice, he is a God of wrath but he's never described as the God he's not God is justice. God is wrath. They're all expressions of love. God is love. Which has got me thinking about a whole load of things and I've, and I've done some reading. You can answer this question. It's not a trick question. In John thirteen thirty-five, Jesus says that there is one way people will know that we are his disciples. And the answer is love. Here's a question you may answer. It's not a trick question. I've talked about it many times before. 
What is the reason God created anything at all? Well, let's be honest. God didn't need to create anything at all, did he? God wasn't lacking in any sense, was he? So God doesn't need to create anything at all, but God is love. Love always gives. Love always wants to share what love already has. That is the nature of love. So God creates out of love. We are here because of love. What did Jesus say the two greatest commandments were? Not a trick question you may answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Everything else in the law is subsumed in love. If you live the first two, you don't need the next ones. Because they're all expressions of love. What were we then created to do, do you think, maybe? Love. We were created to love... Oh, what were we created to love then? God and each other. I think you've missed a very important one. Ourselves. Come with me to Genesis chapter 3. You um, know this passage very well. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of any tree in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree, uh, sorry, the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing for the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you among all livestock and wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make pains in childbearing very severe. And painful labor will, with painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you have listened to your wife and ate from the tree which I commanded you, you must not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken. For dust you are and to dust you will return. 
We, we were created to love. Um, Adam and Eve were commanded not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's interesting that they were not told to not eat from the tree of life. I'll come to that in a minute. They were told not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The serpent deceives them and says, basically, you'll be like God. Flattery, we fell for it, we've been falling for it ever since. Friends, we are not God. Judgment of good and evil is God's prerogative. The trouble is, as soon as we ate from the fruit, we now have the knowledge of good and evil. And here's the, here's the rub. As soon as we did that, we went out of the place of living in love, which is what we were created for, and we began to live in the place of judgment. Now just think about that for a minute. I, I, I actually think this is huge, hugely significant for us as people, which is why I'm trying to share it today. I recognize I don't understand it fully, and I'm wrestling with it myself, but I think it's really important. We were created to love. That is the one thing we were created for. To love God, to love others, to love ourselves. In the same way that God loves already. That's the point. God invited us to participate in what already happens in God. That's the reason he created. He wanted to share it with us, he wanted to be part of it. And he still wants that today. Trouble is, we have the knowledge of good and evil. We judge. And you might want to take this away and think about it. You might want to reflect on it. It is a harrowing thought for me, at least, to realize that I live most of my life from a place of judgment, not a place of love. I joke about being competitive. And sometimes you joke about that with me. You, you, you have no idea how much that hurts me when you do it, not because you've done it, but because I know it's true. And how much that affects everything I do in my life. Because here's the deal, right? If I loved perfectly, I would not judge. Judging is God's prerogative, but we've taken it on. And we make a right mess of it. (laughs) I think this is probably a good question to ask yourself many times. What motivates what I do? What motivates the comment I've just made? What motivates the action I've just taken? Often we will find, if we're honest, it's out of judgment. We want to be better than somebody else because it makes us feel better about ourselves. We want somebody else to do worse than us because it makes us feel better about ourselves. It's everywhere. What's going on in in Charlottesville? God, we've, we've walked down that road in Charlottesville. Our family used to live near Charlottesville. Did you see it on the news? What's that about? What's white supremacy about? What's racism about? It's all about judging others. Jesus had his harshest words for the religious leaders, the Pharisees. Why? Because they judged. They knew who was in and who was out. And I love the thought that on the mountainside, when Jesus goes up on a mountainside and he starts to teach and he says, blessed are you and blessed are you, he's looking around the crowd and he's looking at ordinary people like you and he's going, blessed are you because the kingdom of God is nearer to do than you've ever thought. Oh, and by the way, you people standing at the back, you people who think you know who's in and who's out, you're completely wrong because the kingdom of God isn't like that. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love, not judgment. And actually, the very people that thought they were in were the ones who excluded themselves by the fact they were judging. You've probably done it this morning. What, when you, I mean, forgive me, 
How many of us have looked at what somebody else is wearing and thought, oh, they look fat in that? Or, oh, oh, what? Wish I'd found that on the rail. That's judging. How many of us have thought, oh, I don't like this song? Or I'd much rather be singing a different song. That's judging. Jesus loved with, with, with perfect love. We have unsurpassable worth. That's what love means. Yeah? Now, I want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. I want to say this to a whole load of you whose eyes I can't catch right now because you're not looking at me because you know what's coming, don't you? You are loved with unsurpassable worth. You cannot be worth more to God than you are right now. You simply cannot. There is simply nothing you can do that will make your worth greater in God's eyes. We, we talk about this a lot, don't you? I'm still wrestling with it. I'm still trying. I'm still trying to give up wrestling with, if I mess this talk up, God's going to love me less. Well, I know it's rubbish, and you know that I know that it's rubbish, but you know that I know that I still wrestle with it, just like you, because I'm just like you. We have our different issues, we have our different things, don't we? Now, if God loves everybody the same way, right? True? So God loves everybody with unsurpassable worth. Do we treat everybody we meet in everything we say and everything we do as if they are a person of unsurpassable worth in God's eyes? No, probably not. But we were made to love. That's what we were created for. That is the only thing we were created for. It's not true to say that God is not interested in the things that we do in life. That is not true. God is intimately interested in things we do in life. But it doesn't make any difference to how much he loves us. God wants us to become the best people we can become. We each have to work out what that means for us in our own lives. But none of it adds to to making God love us anymore. One John four eight. If you don't love God, God is not in you. So you can't even say you're a Christian if you don't love. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? Seems to me that's what he's saying. How can you say you believe in God who's God of love if you don't love one another? I find that really challenging. I um, came across this song. Uh, there's a guy that uh, actually, Zach, bought Lisa an album for a birthday. I love this album. A guy called John Mayer. Anyone heard of John Mayer? Oh, get hold of John Mayer. Fantastic. He's right in my vocal range as well. It's great. I can sing along to my heart's content. He, he wrote a song. I'm going to listen to it in a minute. I'll, I think it's quite a challenging song. How much of my mother has my mother left in me? Well, that got me straight away. Because I, I'm in that picture of me there. So I, yeah, I look at my, my, my mother. <laughs> I looked at it and thought, good grief, I'm looking at my mother. I know I share family traits of my mother. 
And if I'm honest, and my mum's a lovely Christian lady, but some of her traits I don't like. And I've got them, and I know I've got them. How much of my mother has my mother left in me? How much of my love will be insane to some degree? This is the words of a song. And what about this feeling that I'm never good enough? Will it wash out in the water, or is it always in the blood? That's, I, I think that's deeply theological, myself. So asking the question, how much will I change? How much have I been influenced by other people around me, and how much is it possible to love? How much of my father am I destined to become? Would have liked to get to know my father. Will, will I dim the lights inside me just to satisfy someone? Will I let this woman kill me or, or do away with jealous love? Will I wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? How much am I able to love someone else? I can feel the love I want, I can feel the love I need, but it's never going to come the way I am. What a lovely line. Could I change it if I wanted because I rise above the flood? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? This is a song about love. This is a song about love and how much I can love and how much I've been loved and how much I can change. How much like my brothers do my brothers want to be? Does a broken home become another broken family? Or will it be there for, or will we be there for each other like no one ever could? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? Can I change? Can I be changed by love? I can feel the love I want. I can feel the love I need. So many, so many of us would say that. But it's never going to come the way I am. Could I change it if I wanted? Could I rise above the flood? Will it wash out in the water? Or is it always in the blood? We're going to play this song. I'm just going to ask you to reflect about love in your life. And then I'm going to say just a couple more things. Family, or will we be there 
for each other like nobody ever could. Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? try and make some sense out of this mess if we're going to live well in the mess we have to hold on to the character of God God is love we were created to love trouble is we've walked a different way we've chosen the path of judgment interestingly Jesus um, in the garden we weren't asked to not eat off the tree of life um Here's an interesting thought. If we'd eaten off the tree of life, maybe the reason God banished us from the garden is so that we couldn't eat off the tree of life because then we would have lived forever. Do you really want to live forever the way you are now? I don't. I I want something better. Maybe death is God's gift. Physical death is God's gift in order that we might actually have eternal life because the greatest demonstration of love is Christ on the cross. If you want to know God's character, look at the cross. If you want to know how much you are loved and how true it is that you have insurpassable worth, Christ died for you. We are invited to participate in God's love, but we get it wrong a lot of the time. I can feel the love I want, I can feel the love I need, but it's never going to come the way I am. No, it's not. You, you cannot be loved more because of the things you do, the, way, the fact you try harder, you get a better job, you get a better house, you get a better wife. You 
God loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. And in order to love, you need God's help. God's gift, remember Jesus said, I'm going to go, it's better that I go. And the disciples said, what do you mean? He said, well, if I go, I can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to grow in God's love day by day. These might be completely disjointed thoughts, friends, but I'm becoming convinced that to live well in the mess, one really good way to do it is to focus on God's love, look at the cross. Remember that each moment of each day, you are loved with an insurpassable love. You are of infinite worth and there is nothing that can change that. And as you begin to live in that and the truth of that, and you ask God by the power of his Holy Spirit to help you become more loving, maybe things can change. They will know that you are my disciples because you love one another. I think we love one another well when we love God well and when we love ourselves well. So I think what I might be encouraging this morning is to focus on the truth of God's insurpassable love. You know, I think it's really interesting that Jesus could have said a lot of things to his disciples, couldn't he? He said he could have said, by your great church buildings they will know you. Or by the number of really nice cars in a church car park they will know you. Or by the fact that you're always turned out nice and well and neat on a Sunday, they will know you. Is that you're really helpful people, they will know you. Or that you're kind, they will know you. No, he didn't. He could have said any of those, but he didn't. He said they will know you because you love one another. You were known by your love. I read a whole book on this. It's a huge subject. What I am now asking God to help me to do is to become a more loving person and one who is less judgmental. And do you know what I'm discovering? It's really, 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 really hard. Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? Well, the only water it's going to wash out with is the water of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. Can I change? Yes, by God's grace. (laughs) And if I focus on God's love and make that the immovable thing in my life. So if I get grumpy with you, or if you realize that I've judged you in some way, which is probably going to happen, I want you to imagine me in a t-shirt with these words written on it. Be patient. God hasn't finished with me yet because I'm still growing. But what I hope is that I am growing in love. And what I hope for all of us is that we will grow in love because the truth is everybody is outside this 
church community right now, living down there or living out here, or all the people we meet in the week, God loves them with the same insurpassable love that he loves us. Now, if you're the sort of person who thinks about what's been said in the morning, you will realise that this has massive pastoral implications. How do we love the people we find the most difficult? How do we love people who have very different religious, spiritual, theological views to us? How do we love the people who irritate us? How do we love the people who do really, really bad things? And we have to acknowledge that people do do really, really bad things. How do we do Well, I'm not sure I've got the answers to that. (laughs) But I think it's got something to do with love. And we have to wrestle with it and we have to work it out. But we are, the one thing we are called to do is to love. Love God, love ourselves, and love others. Well, I hope that's made at least some sense. Even if it's made you think and made you think, well, I'm not sure I agree with that. That's fine. Go away and wrestle with it. Think about it. Read about it. Ask questions. Talk about it. Because I'm... I I think it's really important. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship, and at some point um, our young people are going to come back in. And then remember, coffee today is upstairs. So please don't rush off. One expression of love is to share coffee with people you find really irritating. (laughs) And, And to choose to love them anyway. I'm going to have to put a caveat on that, aren't I? Because I can see some of your faces now. You're really worried. Um, we don't, that doesn't mean we don't challenge bad behavior. It's not what he's saying. It's not the same thing. We've got to figure that one out. But we are called to love them. Father, we thank you that you are the God of love. You are the unchanging God who's always wanting to do a new thing. Father, I pray for myself again, and I pray for us here as a community that... You would help us to to grow in love and to be less judging people. Father, that's a challenge for us. We know that. There's all sorts of questions it raises. There's all sorts of challenges it puts in our way. But Father, we ask that as we focus on you and your character, He would draw us closer to where you want us to be and help us to live more and more and more in your insurpassable love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I think the band, if you want to... Do you need to leave this or can you just do this? Well, I'll stand there for a bit and then... So um, we're going to just spend a little bit of time in worship. You can stand or sit if um, you feel God's laid something on your heart this morning. That is good to share. Um, come speak to us. Um, if you'd like someone to pray with you, um, if you come sit over by the cross, one of the prayer ministry team would consider it a privilege. That's loving one another.
just helping one another walk the journey. So um, let's use this time and let's ask God to continue to do whatever it is God has begun in our hearts this morning. I'd invite you to stand, but please feel free to sit or to walk around or to lie down or to dance. This is an expression of our love for God. Maybe you want to sing these words. take a moment in the quietness of your heart to bring before God this morning those things, situations, people that you do find really difficult and really challenging. And maybe this morning a step of faith and a step of courage is to ask God to surround you and that situation or that person with his love. Maybe even the challenge is for you to ask God to help you to change your heart become a heart of love.